The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob here and welcome to The Money Podcast. Wanted to share with you uh, my six stages of a startup to scale up business. Uh, And they are stage one, the startup phase. Stage two, the sales phase. Stage three, the staffing phase. Stage four, the survival phase. Stage five, the scaling phase. And then stage six, the sustainability phase. So as you can see, I've started them all with the letter S. Thanks to the thesaurus for helping me out there. Now, I want to make starting and scaling any business, a part-time business, a full-time business, a lifestyle business or an empire business. I want to make them as safe, clear and as simple as possible for you. So before we dig into a little bit more detail on these six stages and facets, all beginning with S for starting and scaling any business, I think there are three main types of business that you might start or you might scale. Uh, And the first one is a part-time business, a side hustle. You know, you already have a job or a career or even one main business but you have an interest on the side. A lot of my clients, uh, they have a job, but they like to invest in property on the side for their pension. Uh, A lot of my clients also like to have e-commerce businesses or online businesses where they sell things evenings and weekends, but they have a job or a passion or profession that they want to do. And you know what? A lot of time in the personal development world, there's everyone saying, oh, you've got to sack your boss and you're a loser if you work for someone else. Well, actually, I don't agree with that. I think that if you already have a passion profession, If you like your job or you've got big overheads and houses and mortgages and families and 15 kids and private schools and, you know, all that other other stuff, you don't necessarily want to uh, fire your boss on Monday morning and then go, what do I do with my life? Just because someone, some rah-rah motivational speaker told you to do so. Uh, And often starting a part-time business is a good sort of segue into then making it more full-time once you've built up, up an income stream and there's a bit of conflict between the two businesses because, you know, the thing that you're doing um, is starting to get a bit in the way of your part-time business. And in that case, at that point, then you can consider um, having it as a full-time business. The second type of business is a lifestyle business. Now, um, I define a lifestyle business as one that's geared more towards creating a lifestyle for you, but not for scalability and global domination and, you know, of, of any mature nature. So that might be a business you run from your laptop or your phone with the apps that you use. It's one where you're looking for an income stream of three, five, 10, 20 grand a month, but you're also looking for not 30, 50, 100 hours a week or whatever. Now, um, there's an upside and a downside to most things, all things that we do. So lifestyle business is great because you can make it more systemized. You can run it, like I said, remotely from your laptop. You can run it in any 
country in the world. You can keep it pretty lean on the overhead. You don't have to have a load of staff. But that's not going to make you millions and millions and millions or billions. Um, and when you get to a certain size in business, a good few hundred grand of turnover, you do need staff. Uh, and I know some people don't want staff, and that's fine. And that means you need systems and VAs and outsourcers. But that does limit your scale. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that is. So do you want a lifestyle business, which is where you value your time the most and you value your freedom and you have other passions and hobbies that you want to do? Uh, you know, and, and business uh, and income is a means to an end because there's other things you want to do with your life. And that's cool. And, you know, of course, I do a lot of content on that on this podcast and the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. I wrote Life Leverage. So, hey, if that's the road you want to go down, go down it. And I can help you. The third type of business is an empire business or an empire builder entrepreneur. And that's someone who wants to build big, meaningful things that last. You know, they want to build castles. They are quite happy with hiring staff, going global, you know, really sort of building a big enterprise, making something meaningful that matters, that outlives them and outlives their kids and grandkids. Again, it's not right or wrong, but, you know, some of us have got that in us. Um, I've retired goodness knows how many times. I'm very well practiced at retiring because I've retired so many times uh, and I've had a part-time business and a lifestyle business. And in the end, all I wanted to do was the thing I retired from. I love business. I want to do it for the rest of my life. I want to write books. I want to build things that last way beyond my life. And, um, you know, I love the, the thrill of that. And um, yeah, and so for me, bis- being about having a business empire or being a, 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 an empire builder by definition. Now, I, I don't so much need to be a billionaire anymore or have, a, you know, a a branch of my business in 200 countries. It's not just about the size, but it's about the performance and the way that you do it in your lifestyle. I don't like to switch off from business. People are saying to me, Rob, you should switch off. You should take a few days off. You should enjoy your holiday. Well, uh, a holiday for me is just being able to think with a bit more time in nicer weather about my business and my enterprise. And, you know, like I've just let go of feeling guilty about that because that's just who I am. Okay, so you can choose which one of the three, you know, you're going to follow in terms of our model, uh, a part-time or side hustle, a lifestyle or an, an empire builder. Okay then, so I'm going to give you some top line credentials of these six stages and facets of starting and scaling a business. And then in some future money podcasts, I'll probably detail each one um, because I think that, you know, they warrant a good deep dive. uh, And and I think you'll get the best benefit if we do it that way. So the startup phase is obviously the phase where you're looking to create your product. You're looking to disrupt a market. It's wise to keep overhead lean. It's wise to be agile and not put too much stress on your time or the overhead. Uh, Of course, it's the riskiest part of the business, um, but it's also should be the most exciting part of the business. And a lot of people are always looking for, you know, I want to be bigger and better and I want to make more money that they forget to enjoy that startup phase where, you know, you can pivot really quickly, where you can make a decision today and implement that strategy today rather than next tax year, only just starting this tax year. Um, Of course, it's crazy. It's chaotic. It's risky, but it's also exciting. You're blissfully, naively aware of, unaware, sorry, of, you know, all the disruptions and difficulties in your market, your niche, because you've never been there before. And it takes that craziness, that naivety um, to, you know, to get us to do this. Because, you know, you hear a lot of very successful business owners say, well, if I'd have known then what I know now, I probably would have never started. So sometimes it's okay to be naive 
naive and exciting and enthusiastic and passionate and not having all the answers, um, but just going out there and being, um, you know, just transmuting that energy and that enthusiasm into people. Uh, I definitely recommend that you don't take on massive overhead. You don't necessarily go and raise a load of money, take a load of loans, buy a load of equipment, um, because that just puts pressure on your ability to grow. Uh, the next stage then is the sales stage. And, you know, that. by the way, these stages are in order, but some of them you can do concurrently and they overlap. So you don't have to start up for like three months and then after three months go, oh, I tell you what, I'll sell something now. You can sell something on day one of starting your business. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people focus on brochures, branding, collateral, getting all their ducks in a row, getting everything perfect. Oh, I've got to make a nice website. Oh, I've got to have all of my receipts and finances and all of the systems and processes in place before I go and open the shop doors. They're dressing the window rather than open the door and letting people in and, and selling them stuff. Um, and one of the greatest ways to grow a business and sustain a business with not, without giving shareholder um shareholding away or without putting massive stress on the overhead is to uh, finance through cash flow, which is sell some stuff, reinvest some of the profits and draw some of the profits. Mark and I tend to reinvest about 50% of the net profit and draw about 50% of the net profit of our businesses. So ultimately, there's two most important functions of any business. I defy anybody um, to say that any other parts are more important. Of course, all parts of our business that make the, the other cogs that make the gears and the engine run are important, but sales and marketing. So if you have a shop, then of course, the stock uh, and the cashier uh, and the window dressing and the lease and the accounting, uh, that's all important. But getting people in the door of the shop, which is marketing, and getting people to buy your products and put money in the till, which is sales, are the two most important things. So don't put all your ducks in a row before you start selling stuff. Start selling stuff and get perfect later. Okay, so stage three is staffing. Now, you may want to insource or outsource. You know, you might want to hire a PA and then an office manager and then ultimately a, um, an operations manager and then ultimately an MD and then some, a sales team and a marketing team and a finance team. Now, if you're an empire builder, you'll probably want to do that because, you know, you want to build something that lasts. And the upside of having staff is you create the culture. They're in the office. They work for you uh, full time. You can see what they're doing. You can um, build this bond, this loyalty. Um, the downside is, of course, uh, stress on the overhead. Um, and, you know, you have to then become a manager and that can be draining of your time and resources. Sometimes entrepreneurs are great at telling everyone what to do, but they're terrible at managing people because they, they want the baby and not the labour pains. You conversely may want to outsource if you want a lifestyle business. So you may want VAs and going on Fiverr and onlinejobs.ph and Upwork and getting little designs done and book covers done and have copywriters and people trawling, setting up all your social media and, and, and you know, registering and managing all your apps and your software. And neither is right or wrong. And actually, modern businesses have a hybrid of, of both. I have um, one PA and one VA. So, you know, I have both one in the office one out of the office um, so you could have a hybrid model um, I think in some areas you you probably do want a real person uh, with you especially if you're trying to pass down all your knowledge um, so that you know the business isn't reliant on you and then in some areas they don't need to be location bound like design for example 
Okay, then uh, stage four is the survival stage. So that's where you get culture change, where you go through rapid growth, or you have your initial hit on your launches and you sell well at the start, and then your product and service becomes normal, or you get disrupted by competition or regulation, um, or you have this sort of, um, you you lack enthusiasm because you go through stages yourself, or you go through a big divorce or a big lawsuit or something. Every business will have stages where you have to just batten down and survive because there's a recession or there's a massive legal threat or there's just some change that you got blindsided by. And if, if you're any business been going long enough, you will have that. Um, and so you have to manage the chaos and you have to uh, create a narrative uh, through that um, to inspire and motivate and pick up your staff uh, when they're down or when you go from a small enterprise to a medium enterprise and you're hiring a lot more staff and your culture changes where there's levels and layers of management or when you change your culture or change your product or your direction and ultimately you need to keep a constant narrative you can never communicate enough with your people and your customers about where you're going and how you're pivoting Um, and then just coordinating all that chaos um, into a a vision and a direction um, and articulating the the messages of your products and services and um, that that, that change of direction uh, in a way that uh, just keeps people on side and keeps you from falling apart. Uh, now, I don't know when that's going to happen for your business. That could happen uh, in the first week for six months. You could have a really good run for two years and then something terrible happens. I remember when half of my staff left in one go and we had eight staff and four of them left and all set up in competition. Um, I remembered when we when we hired our operations manager um, and sort of put a wall between us and the, the only sort of layer of staff between us and them because we didn't have all these layers of management and hierarchy and I remember that being a real big conflict uh, yeah I've, we've had a couple of uh, relatively big um, tribunal cases which didn't quite get to court but nearly did which had some disruption we had one product that we had to sort of wind down we had some challenges winding that down and pivoting into a, a similar but different model and hey look your every every business goes through seasons and journeys uh, and you have to sometimes you have to stop the growth and, and just survive through a period of time uh, fifth then is scaling. So, you know, maybe systemizing your business so that you can hire up or going into new markets, going into global markets or um, creating more products and services. There's so many different ways that, that you can scale. Uh, and when you scale and you grow and you're aggressive, you could raise finance. You could get um people on your board or um, have shareholders who've got really good contacts and experience in your niche. All of these ways to grow your business have a big upside of growth. And then the downside is how do you manage that growth when things break or you grow too fast? Or um, actually, stage four, survival, can come from stage five growth because you grow too fast and then you have to pick up all the pieces. Now, it's wise to scale um, and to systemize before you look to then uh, become more mature and look to exit. So stage six is the sustainability where you've already done some of your scaling. uh, You've grown into markets. You've got a good capital value of your business. um, You've written all the systems and processes. So the manuals for all the staff, the operations manual for the entire business, the video and audio training programs, the, 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 
the business not being reliant on you at all to run. You know, you go for away for a month or two months and the business survives and thrives without you. Having a clear strategy, do you want to scale and just turn it into a mature business? And then uh, maybe you want to hand it down to, um, you know, the management team or your children. Maybe you want to sell to your bigger competitor in the marketplace. Maybe you want to float on AIM or another stock market. Uh, And that's the sustainability stage six is becoming mature and deciding what you're going to do with that business for the long term. So let me summarise these again. And then, like I said, what I'll do is I'll do a a mini series on each one. Um, They won't be back to back like the next six episodes. I'll layer them in with other content um, just to give you some variety. So stage one is the startup phase. I omitted to mention that you need a a clear vision and you need uh, to have an identity of the values. So vision, uh, values of your organisation, which are a They are a mirror of you and who you are, but put into a commercial um, and corporate narrative, if you like. So you might have personal values of freedom and choice and um, family and health and travel. And then how do you put those personal values into a more commercial or corporate um, enterprise? Well, you could still have freedom uh, in your values, but you probably wouldn't have family in those values. But ultimately, the values of a business are usually directly... Um, subordinating and relative to what the values of the founder of the business are. So get clear on that vision and those values. Um, okay, stage two is, was selling. Stage three or sales. Stage three is staffing. Stage four is survival. Stage five is um, scaling. And then stage six is sustainability. All right, so thanks for tuning in to The Money Podcast. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thank you for being a follower of my work. I'm very grateful. I don't know if you've reviewed The Money Podcast yet. I've probably not asked you to. It would be nice if I didn't have to ask. But sometimes if you don't ask, you don't get. So I'd be really grateful if you could review this Money Podcast on Stitcher or iTunes or um, Spotify or wherever you um, listen to your podcast because that just helps um, remove the friction for other people who are looking to um, benefit from this kind of information but want a bit of proof from you that it's worth it. So I'd really um, be grateful if you could review this on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 